0: That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you.
1: This episode is presented by Shaxbury Cider.
2: Hi. I'm
1: HRN's Executive Director, Katie Mosman-Wadler, with a preview of this week's episode of Meat and 3, our weekly food news roundup. So every day the shutdown continues to grow is another day that there will be a backlog. This week, we're looking at the unexpected ways the government shutdown has impacted our food system. There are nearly 1.6 million New Yorkers who rely on SNAP to feed themselves and their families every single day. There is a real impact on our friends and neighbors. A lot of farmers rely on commodity loans at the end of the year. Since the offices are not open, those loans aren't available to them. Tune in to this week's Meet and 3 on Heritage Radio Network. That's M-E-A-T plus sign T-H-R-E-E. Available wherever you listen to podcasts.
0: So you don't shun the devil with your rock
3: and roll, load. Knows that country music's gonna save. So the devil oh, right. groove in rhythm and blues that
4: sound. It's gonna get you the
5: Welcome back to the Speakeasy. I'm Damon Bolte. My name is Southern Teague. Hey, buddy. Welcome back. Good You're just down you. in San Antonio with a bunch of uh, yeah, other Texas. buddies of ours at a San Antonio Cocktail Conference.
2: Yeah, man. It was a great time. Have you ever been?
5: I've never been. I wanted to go this year, but I had too much stuff to do here
2: in New York. You're a busy man.
5: I know. I yep. learned from watching you, Dad.
2: <laughs> <laughs> um, it was a great time, you know. And um, how was your seminar? It was really cool. I called it "Nothing Is Free," yeah. um, and we talked about how uh, I believe, uh, to my core, that uh, comping drinks and giving Did you have, like, away November is... Rain from Guns N' Roses, yeah, like playing in the background, true. of course. <laughs> and I, then... I, b- I believe that's detrimental to the business. I believe it's actually when you when you Give something away, you actually take something away from your guests. So it was a topical discussion to have with a bunch of a room full of bartenders who are, you know, and business owners who are, we're all really entrenched in this notion of giving stuff away for free. And and we don't have to be. Right. So it was a good talk. People enjoyed it.
5: I don't think you should ever give anyone something that they ordered.
2: Yep. That's part of it too. You know? Yeah. If they ordered it, they intend to pay for it. I mean,
5: you give something, you give, if they order something, you (laughs) give it to them, but you don't give it to them for free. You know, Correct I like to send extra stuff out
2: yapp a little something extra yeah
5: that's, yeah that's better hospitality I think Indeed um, What and else then- is going on We're in the middle of a government shutdown I don't even know if I'm going to get bit, like I'm going to have to take off my boots through security Because TSA pre-check ain't working Yeah man Some It's, shit like it's that. difficult
2: It took me uh, 13 hours to get home from Texas God. A little bit of that was uh, TSA related Most notably mm-hmm. we sat on the tarmac Waiting to get to our gate Not to take off until when we got here and we sat there for an hour and a half, and then when we got off the plane into an empty terminal that was already closed, and the gates were already down, and we had to, the whole plane stood there for about another fifteen minutes waiting for someone to come and raise the gate so we could get out of the terminal. That's never happened to me before. Jesus, wow! And also, this? it's affecting beer. Yeah, tell me about that. I, just I read heard a couple of that. articles. Yeah, um, the government shutdown means that uh, there's no one, you know, in uh, looking at labeling and, and food and drink. But then all of these craft beer makers I'm sure Jimmy's talking about it on his show All these craft beer makers Who make these special releases That people literally line up on the sidewalks To get a hold of
5: Places like the Other
2: Half they, Other like Half every and Evil Twin And all those guys um, Yeah it, Suddenly they have all this beer that they've made But they can't get labeled So they can't sell it So suddenly there's a ton of beer Some of these people are just giving it away Which sucks I just said nothing is free
5: <laughs> I was gonna Don't fucking him. give that shit away nice callback. <laughs>
2: but you callback you know, But they can't charge for it Because it can't be labeled Right so unless they have a bar of their own, and even then, I think there's some stickiness involved. You you, you got to label it. Yeah, it's uh, the same thing's happening to wine too. But I was I'm, I'm more concerned with beer than wine. Well, Speaking of of beer, so. I'm having one now. Yeah, and cheers. Cheers, to you buddy. Good to well, see you. Welcome back. Um, Who's in the studio today?
5: Well, we have kind of a full house, right? <laughs> we do. We got a uh, we've got some some tiki glassware, but we also have. A big bottle of gin mm, and
2: gin. Uh, Let the games be gin January <laughs> Fuck dry January It's January I
5: can get behind
2: that Yeah <clears throat> I hate that dry January bullshit Listen We, we talked about this last week on I'm going to talk about we- it again We should Because it's still January I've been telling people all about it's it It's bad for business people It's also bad for you I think if you want to do something in moderation Turning yourself off of something for an entire month And then switching it back on is bad for your body Instead why don't you pick a day of the week And go that whole year of not drinking on Tuesday <clears throat> That's fifty-two days over the course of the year. That's moderation, right? This and it's stopping two for a month is not drinking, and then you don't have to feel so bad if you slip up for a day because it's somebody's birthday or whatever. Like, that, that's, it's crazy. Anyway, yeah. in the studio today, Simon Ford of Ford's Gin. How's it going? Uh, welcome back to the show. Bro. Yeah, welcome back. You. It's good to see you. <laughs> good to see you. It's always good to see you. You've always got a great smile and, and a welcoming personality, and I think that's part and parcel to why you're so good at your job. Have which have a- which is what? I don't know what your job <laughs> is.
3: <laughs> I also have a free bottle of gin. <laughs> oh, yeah.
2: I'm sure we're paying for it in some way. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Incrementally, <laughs> just
5: like your sobriety. You and know.
2: then we got Ed Rudisell, uh and his dear wife, Tong in town from uh, uh, Indianapolis. He's got a great podcast called Shift Drink. You should listen to it. I listen to it all the time. Thanks. Yeah, I yeah. appreciate that. Good to see you. And you also own a couple of restaurants over there. What are the names again?
4: Uh, we run Black Market, Rook, uh, recently opened the Inferno Room. And then my wife runs Siam Square. It's a Thai restaurant.
2: Red.
5: Keep them busy. Empire.
2: Empire. Very man. Yeah.
4: You know, good imp- for punishment.
2: Empire yeah. <laughs> builders in a, in a market that's probably underserved, right? Do you think Indianapolis is underserved or are you, uh, are you yeah, meeting I, the demands?
4: I, I, I think we're meeting demands. Um, maybe Maybe more so. than than is necessary. I think the the supply right now is probably outpacing the demand, but um, it's definitely uh, underrepresented.
2: Yeah. Well, you're here to represent. (laughs) There we are. (laughs) (laughs)
3: Um,
2: Simon, what's going on in your life?
3: Um... A lot. I mean, last year was probably one of the busiest of my entire career, and I, I hit that diamond medallion in I, I, June. I feel like, wow, okay, half the,
2: half the way through. But I feel like you're the type of guy, I'm the same type of guy, do I say that every year? Last year was my busiest year, next year will be this year. Like, it just gets busier yeah. and busier. The dial keeps going up. Is that true for you?
3: Yeah, I mean, you constantly challenge yourself to do more, be better, you know, in, in, increase what you do, but then you can't let go of the things you've already been doing. So right. it just it just constantly uh, evolves and it's great i mean i you know you, you get creative you create a new gin you want to launch it in a new country that you've never been to before and it's exciting and it's hard to say no to that opportunity so and yet you're still doing what you're supposed to do on a day-to-day basis so you just sort of pile it on pile it on and uh, hope it all works out and you don't burn out
2: yeah well, let's 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 rewind the clock a little bit and talk about who you are and what you what you've done and created for our business like you you sort of hold the mantle as kind of the first brand ambassador in America, right? I,
3: I apologize wholeheartedly right here and now, but <laughs> <laughs> but that's true, right? The, the, I I often get credited with it. I think before me uh, there were brand ambassadors, but it was very much you would bring in a stereotype. Like you know, you'd have a Scottish guy in a kilt for a, a single malt whiskey. Oh, oh, oh wait, I'm a British guy doing an English gin. Sorry, I, I let rewind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, you fell prey to your own circumstances. But um, we, we we you know, I came to the USA, you know, to launch Plymouth Gin 2002, and um, and, and I didn't really get incorporated into the business that was already in existence in the US. So They said, "Well, you." can be a brand ambassador and so I didn't really know what that meant or what it was and so I made up my own job and my own role and uh, that began with I know what my job is is going to all of the best cocktail bars and bringing them this gin and telling them about it and then the more I got into that moment and that movement I realized that people were very interested in learning more and I think back in 2002 product knowledge wasn't as you know, as as widespread as it is now, so being able to tell the story of gin was sort of yeah. new to a lot of people. It's
5: Basically, the original flavored vodka—that's what everyone. That's how I learned. You know, <laughs> <laughs> juniper, but actually,
2: juniper citrus vodka. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> but it. But
5: honestly, that's that's how a lot of brand education started. It was like, all right, so it's kind of like this, but it's that, and it wasn't really so in depth as far as you know. Whenever we talk about any of our distillates, we talk about actually like how high-proof we, you know, steeped all the botanicals, and, like, what at what point did we distill it down to and then dilute it to because of this reason, you know, like, there's a lot more math that's transparent for the consumers and for the on-premise people these days, and it has been that way since you know, about 12 years ago when it really started popping that way. Especially when, uh, I feel like a lot of American whiskey distillers were, like, trying to sell their product, but then they were like, they didn't want to to divulge too much information, and then they felt like kind of like strong armed into it.
3: Made with a secret ingredient that nobody knows about.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you remember those days? <laughs> yeah, for sure. What yeah. is <laughs> the what the government allowable uh, uh, bugs per parts per million? Yeah, that's the yeah. secret ingredient. <laughs>
5: yeah. So yeah, I mean, it must, starting out, it must have been kind of crazy, like writing your own program and like writing, just figuring out what the job was because. It wasn't really there. You no, didn't know how much information to give. How much was too much or too little?
3: I, I remember distinctly one of my, you know, first account visits with a bottle, and um, and it was a, a building site. You know, you know, you talked about building sites on the show the other week, actually. But you know, go, going into the, the building site of the Flatiron Lounge, which is of course a bar that recently and sadly closed. R.I.P. In Flatiron. RP. And um, and that was the day I met Julie Reiner, and I, I walked I walked in with a bottle of Plymouth gin, and I you know, didn't know what to expect. And there was a guy walking in with a blue Curacao or something at around the same time who was completely missing the mark on his position and his job. And there he was with this gin, and, of course, it worked out very well. You know, Julie and I became great friends and yeah. introduced it. And I was like, this is how Was this, this guy gonna... a plant? Did you plant him? I should have done
2: it. You're like, <laughs> you're like, hey, buddy, you work for me now. You keep that one bottle of Curacao. You follow me, but you go in first.
3: Yeah.
5: <laughs> That's... <laughs> That's why you it. own five. That That's kind covers. of genius. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
2: Here's a 20. Pick Patino's card. <laughs> <laughs> my,
3: my favorite part of, um, of the job back then though was this cocktail movement was emerging. It hadn't really sure. existed. Milk and Honey had opened, Angel Share. Here I was at the opening of Flatiron Lounge. Pegu Club would come next. I was watching it roll out in front of my eyes. And I only know in hindsight how lucky I was to have seen that. And that was just through the job of being a brand ambassador. So, God, I mean, you know, a bottle of gin, you know, allowed me to see something very special that our entire industry is, you know, talks about a lot to this very day.
2: Yeah, of course. What what is it that made you decide to yourself, you know, I've gone around and I've I've made the, I've made I've I've rang the bell and beat the drum for another gin brand. Now I'm going to make my own gin.
3: That was a a moment really when I was working and helping Alan Katz uh, develop a couple of gin recipes at New York Distilling. And, and, and that was the moment I had this epiphany. I'm like, I have a vision, a very strong vision. I have a, a, of what I think a great cocktail gin would be. But the, um, you know, the, the other inspiration was actually Sasha Petrosky, who said, we need to meet, make a sort of jack of all trades cocktail gin, you know, something that's got a bit of Plymouth in there a bit of Tanqueray you know like throw in all of it but it goes in the well and it works with all cocktails and, and that was his idea I mean it was his idea to call the gin Ford's gin as well and it was his idea to put the jasmine in it for the reasons that we we use jasmine in flower so he played a very integral role in the early early days you know of, um, of inspiring me, you know that guy was all every time I met with him, he was a constant entrepreneur in his thought process, crazy idea after crazy idea, whether it was create a clothing line one week you know a, you know a a coffee shop that only sells coffee from Ethiopia. it was constantly something that was very special and forward thinking you know because how hipster is a coffee shop that only yeah. sells Ethiopian coffee today? That would be a massive business, but I think it failed for him back then. But you know, but he would get together with me. We would ahead of his time. Yeah, and but he helped me, you know, find my confidence and my voice in in making my own gin.
2: I mean, yeah, that's awesome. He was integral in creating San Antonio Cocktail Conference, which is a great charitable event now. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they. They raise a toast to him at, at Bohannan's every every year at, at the at, at the thing, and it, like it's a great. He he was an inspiration in a lot of ways to a lot of people.
3: So many, <laughs> and and and, and I, I often think of him as ground zero for the cocktail movement. You know, milk and honey was two thousand.
5: Yeah, and also right. being very generous with his ideas and knowledge and enthusiasm is something that it, up until you know cocktail bar t- like came into play. It wasn't really a thing that any industry did so much. There wasn't a lot of like openness and mentorship and just honesty and, and kind of community in that way. And I can't think of any other community other than maybe like, no, I can't. Yeah, no. Because <laughs> right. the closest thing you could think of to beverage would be food, but it's, it's that's same. very cutthroat. It's kind of
2: the opposite yeah, a lot of times. So. Having dealt with both sides, it's not yeah. the same at all. No, it's very
3: interesting. The bartender has hospitality because they're front of house as well so they don't get into that cutthroat mode they are people pleasers and they want people to smile and they want to see that happen and that in you know makes us less competitive almost you know yeah Uh, it it really does I think you know we're like I'll help you out or here's a here's an idea and And also a lot of
5: people helped you out with the design of the bottle which I know that uh, it was built it was designed by a bunch of bartenders to put their input in has two different like lips on the neck, so you can easily grab it out of the well. There's uh, a indented ring around the middle of the bottle, so you can hold it. With the label out on the side. There's embossed uh, measurements for doing inventory. Um, it's a liter bottle, so you can actually like quickly reference that when you're doing inventory. Also, the labels come off very easily. There's a certain kind of adhesive that comes off without it. Being sticky, so there's no residue, so you can take off the labels quickly, refill it with juices, batches,
2: syrups, just, what have you. Uh,
3: I'm gonna go home and you can do the <laughs> No, I That's just, amazing. I, I <laughs> love it
5: because like, so my my background is in design and mostly uh, uh, print design, but like I've always been a huge enthusiast of architecture and like uh, industrial design. So whenever this was this process was happening with the design of this bottle, I was like, this is. Fucking cool! It's like really thinking about the industry, and you know, sharing that input and building that 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 community vibe can kind of really like manifest itself into a physical product, which
3: is amazing. It's it funny that you know I didn't ever think in my wildest dreams I would. To get to design a bottle. Yeah. I, I got all these stock bottles. Sure. Handed them out to bartenders and said, "Which one's the best?" And of course, everyone's like, "Well, this one's got the best neck. This one's got the best." Me-. I'm like, "Oh damn! I'm gonna have to make them all." Yeah.
2: <laughs> right. I and need then- to pick all those pieces and put them together. Yeah. Like you did with the gin itself. Yes. Exactly. You reached out to all those flavor profiles that you enjoyed in the gins that were on the shelf already. You combine them in such a way to make a gin that's unique. Uh, but it has all those characteristics that you like you built the you know I want I Frankenstein's want my, monster yes
3: <laughs> i want my my martini to taste like a martini you know like i'm having a gin martini oh that tastes like a gin martini <laughs>
2: what well, we're talking all about the bottle talk about what's inside the bottle of just the traditional fours gin and then we'll take a break and come back and talk about this new bottle you have sitting here on the bar
3: yeah uh, 45 proof nine botanicals it's half of the recipe is juniper, you know, gin now in juniper flavor. I wanted it to have an abundance of juniper. A lot of citrus, because that brings brightness. There's grapefruit, lemon, orange, two florals in it. Orris, which is very common in a lot of gins, but we put jasmine flower, as mentioned earlier, and then just two spices that sort of bring sort of an, a, a, a sort of feeling of sweetness, but it's still a dry gin, and that's um, cassia bark, which is a lot like cinnamon, and Angelica which is a very uh, dominant flavor in a lot of my favorite martini gins. It brings a sort of front of palate. And so we throw all of that in a 500-liter still, 15 hours. We use a lot of botanicals to get a lot of oil so that it has good viscosity, and that makes it a good mixing gin, in my opinion, because you want to keep a lot of oil content so that it's got good viscosity when you sip and have a silky martini, right, and good in stirred drink. So genuinely just made as a classic gin, London genuinely. dry gin.
2: Genuinely.
3: <laughs> oh, no, we're gonna. We should, should make this a gin pun. Oh yeah. <laughs> Let the games be gin. <laughs> it was gin instrumental. <laughs> <laughs> in making that gin, um, but um, yeah, and then um, you know, forty-five proof. You know, just a nice high proof, so that you know when it mixes, it doesn't dilute too much.
2: Outstanding. Uh, so that's the standard Ford's gin, but then we've got something to talk about when we come back from the break with Simon Ford, and also I've got Ed Rudisell from Shift Drinking here. We're going to chat with him some more as well. Hang on. Yeah.
1: This episode is brought to you by Shaxbury Cider, who believes cider can be daring, complex, and eminently drinkable. Located in Virgens, Vermont, Shaxbury make a broad offering of ciders, from the bright and fruity rose to inventive, small batch wild apple fermentation. Each fall, Shaxbury takes to the hills of Vermont to forage for the wild and forgotten fruit that make up their lost apple project. Shaxbury, producer of the first American-made PetNat Cider, continues to experiment every year with limited edition ciders designed to spotlight locally foraged fruit. To learn more, visit shaksbury.com or follow them on Instagram at shaksbury.
5: are back. You're listening to The Speakeasy on HeritageRadioNetwork.org. So opening up the bottle that we were just talking about, but it's... Well, we haven't not, talked about this bottle yet. We haven't talked about it. We talked... Well, I said the bottle, not the juice.
2: Oh, true. We did talk about the bottle. <laughs> How
5: dare you, sir. Um, all that uh, bad flight situation you had got you real jumpy, edgy. Yes. Um, so, uh, yeah. So we, we talked a little bit about the original Forge Gin... Uh, before the break why don't you tell us what we are about to try here in the studio today This is very
3: exciting for me because this is a world exclusive this only oh, just got k- Oh well, That's very exciting for us yeah, then
2: yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's um, world exclusive right here on Heritage Radio Network your source of food and drink information 2019 <laughs> 10 years of Heritage Radio I did my plug for the day.
3: <laughs> so as, as folklore would have it, uh, the, 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 the Merchant Navy of England would take on board rum, as Ed knows very well, and gin. And the gin was usually reserved for the officers, and rum went everywhere in grog, as we know, and we all got groggy. So uh, we've created officers reserve. It's sort of inspired by the idea of a navy strength or an overproof, but just this assumption that if you were going to have an overproof gin on board a ship. Well, it was probably in a barrel. What kind of barrel? Maybe Madeira, maybe port. And in this instance, it's a Monteado sherry cask. Awesome. And what I love about it, this is something I'm very proud of and you're gonna hear that from me now, but what I love about it is the extra ABV, holds more botanicals. And what it really holds is more juniper. There's this like beautiful juniper nose and then the, the bitterness you might get, well, the Amontillado kind of cut it uh, a, a little bit. So it's strong. It's full-flavored. It's very full-bodied. Um, I hope you like it.
2: The room smells great after pouring <laughs> after pouring a bunch of gin.
3: I'm 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 so excited about this. This is this is one of the uh, the best you know processes and products I've ever worked on. You know, I remember like getting the barrels first or when they first arrived and testing them, and we just had one barrel of this and one barrel of that, and trying different ABVs in the different barrels and different lengths of period of time in the barrel, and testing and blending. And then going, we love this one, and then buying twenty six barrels, and that was like exciting yeah. too, you know, and, right. and 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 they never turned up, of course, right? You know, they would have never turned up if there was a government shutdown, but they turned up eventually. Sure. We filled them. It's only three weeks of age because gin should be gin; it shouldn't be overpowered by sure. oak, and so it's just a flash, kind of rested, is the technical or non-technical term.
2: Did you say three weeks? That's it. Wow. You can really pick up a lot. Yeah. It's with that overproof, right? So it's a yeah, it's solvent. A, it's it's doing its job on the inside of that trick. barrel.
3: Exactly. Yeah. And, I Just mean, the first the, thing it smells juniper, right? Yeah. Of
2: course, yeah. And the room smells amazing.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: But then it's got this, like, softness on the backside.
3: It's rich. I think I think, I think think bartenders are going to really appreciate working Ooh, with this. And, and it's warm, too. Which is good when the weather's like it is.
5: True. For sure. Yeah. It's what, this winter's
3: probably never going to end here. New York City. Well definitely need this. I
4: got an elbow from Sauceton over here with a thumbs up, like, yeah.
3: <laughs> I actually think this is a gin that rum lovers are gonna like too. Gin tiki is a thing. Oh yeah, oh, yeah for yeah. sure.
5: For, yeah. yeah, I mean, uh you know, Brian Miller was one of the first to uh he came up with the Winchester, which was yes. the, the the gin zombie that like blew my mind. I was like, All right, all right, I get this now. This then, makes sense. Now we're gonna head in this direction. So there's been a lot of really great modern there's also quite a few you know classic gin tiki drinks, but it's not what yeah. the it's not what the public usually thinks of is tiki the satin they're mental. always thinking uh yeah
4: Saturn's and yeah Singapore slings yeah
5: but they don't they don't really think they really run the whole canon of like tiki drinks is uh being predominantly rum, but gin is great, especially with things like passion fruit mm-hmm. you know and you know the sharpness of like the botanicals, and then the the brightness of passion fruit always works really well together. It's one of my favorite because especially yeah,
4: passion fruit and anything. Dude, yeah. cardamom, <laughs>
5: cardamom and passion fruit are one of my favorite like uh, flavor combinations. So you get a gin that has like a lot of cardamom in it mixed with passion fruit, and you're like halfway there.
2: Ding ding. You know
3: they they in, in London they always call passion fruit the MSG. Of the the cocktail cocktail world, you know. I remember here for so long it was. I'm going to use that. (laughs) Saint Germain, wasn't it here? That you know, that was the cocktail bartender's ketchup. And now it's uh, in London. It was always the passion fruit. Yeah, Yeah.
2: sneak a little in there, and it changes everything. Yeah. What uh, What drove you to say? You know, I I spent all this time and all this energy and all this effort, and I made this gin that I adore and I think is perfect. And now I'm going to make something else. (laughs) I've created perfection. Let me fix it.
3: So I, I, you know, it, it's, it's, it, you know, the world knows me by now. and knows I love gin, and I like lots of gin. I don't just like my own. I would think the world would be a very boring place if I was just drinking. Agreed. One gin, right? And, and
2: I, I, in fact, I'm gonna pause you there. I have trouble with so many brand ambassadors who try and tell me that they only drink their own juice. That's ridiculous. Yeah. That makes yeah. no. That's not why you got into this business. That's not what got you where you are. Like that's just you're fucking lying to me and yourself. Yeah. One hundred percent like I think it's just a bunch of bullshit. Anyway.
3: No. And you have to evolve and know your own category, but it's yeah. the, then you have to know the industry too. That's yeah? Yeah, like a
2: great chef who only eats at his own restaurant, man. You gotta go out and see what's going on, what are people doing, taste yeah. other things, get inspired.
5: Our friend of the show and our friends yeah. in real life, uh, Willie Shine, he said we were hanging out last time he was on the show, we went to uh well, for instance, we went to uh Skinny Dennis. Oh yeah. You know, well, honky tonk and uh we were drinking Lone Stars and taking shots of well tequila and just talking shop. And he said something to me when I, because I was going full time with Brooklyn Gin. And I was like, I was like, hey man, what can you give me, like, as far as advice for becoming, like, a really great brand ambassador? He's like, all right, two things. One, it's like, become an expert on the category, not on your own bottle. Yep. Right. And he's like, you know, gin is an aromatic spirit become an expert on botan- on botanicals and it's like don't even worry about your own brand because like if you learn about the category more and then all the botanicals that are typically found in and there's a lot of them yes. so P- and this P- is coming from the dude who, like, runs Jägermeister. Exactly. So he's like, that's what he did. He was like, he's like, I never, I'm going to try to do my Willie show.
4: I never thought I'd work for... Yeah, <laughs> that's mind. close. That's good. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and
5: he's like, I never thought I would be working for Jägermeister. But he was, like, so interested by it. And um, so he just started learning about all these yeah. different botanicals. All and the things
2: that are in the bottle. Yeah, totally. Yeah. So you're a lover of gin. You want... A lot of gins in your life, so you created a new one. Great. That's Talk it. about it.
3: You know, Ford's Ford was uh, you know, laying a stake in the ground going, this is us making a good classic London dry gin, you know, and hopefully one that people would be proud to put in their bars and one that could stand alongside the great London dry gins that we already have in the world. And I, I think we achieved that, and, and, and now that's a platform in which to leap, and, and, and how can I create new ways to enjoy it? Now, overproof is one way. Uh, Overproof and age is one, and it's not really reinventing the wheel. But I probably wouldn't have released it from a creative point of view if I didn't think it tasted so damn good. And I really like love it, right? It's quite good. And um, you know, maybe there's other ways, you know, to, to now enjoy it. You know, I think that it would be fun to make a slow gin because you know, slow's delicious, and everyone's slow gin always runs out. You know, so when the other ones run out, there'll be some fords available, hopefully, right? And um, and then start to get innovative and hopefully prove ourselves as not just one gin, but a company that you can come to for different innovative gin. So I, I would, you know, it, if you had a bar that only served one cocktail and only served one dish of food, you know, in the same way, I'm like, I can't just have one gin for the rest mean, of my in life. An burger? Yeah, <laughs> basically. There's <laughs>
2: exceptions to the rule. Yeah, I go, I go there all the time. It's <laughs> always an exception to the rule. <laughs>
3: I know, and, and and if Ford's could be the In and Out Burger of Gins, I would, be, I would take <laughs> it any can, day. Yeah, totally. yeah, of course. <laughs> what do you New think? Labeling about? right there, <laughs> Ford's the In and Out Burger of Gins. <laughs>
1: what do you think about um,
5: Animal Style? <laughs> I want to get your yeah. Totally, it's got to be Animal Style. Um, I find it interesting in in this uh, current era of uh, lower ABV cocktails becoming like bigger, like a more acceptable thing. Uh, you see, you see a lot more. Of uh, like low ABV sections, no ABV, um, to come out with an overproof gin <laughs> during yeah, that period is bucking the,
2: You're bucking the trend.
5: No, I, I like it though because honestly, to me, I I love a fifty-fifty martini. But then, and the reason why I like it is because I I we have so many great vermouths out there these days. We have mm-hmm. like. It, Hundreds. I mean, how many do you have? Uh, how many SKUs do you have behind the bar Market?
2: At any given time, we have at least sixteen, but we we, we rise above that and we ebbed back below that because my space can't carry that many. Right. But I change them all the time. But it's always a minimum of sixteen.
5: If you look back at your like, look back at your inventory sheet and oh man, your your section must be like at least sixty. Yeah, at least right? at least. So it's great to explore. It's a great way to explore vermouth, but then also being able to pair it up with a a nice botanical gin. So, to me, this would make a perfect 50-50 martini, especially with the the Amontillado Sherry involvement there.
3: I mean, yeah. come on.
2: <laughs> See, there's your right. low-proof thing. Yeah. The Amontillado is the low-proof part. Yeah.
3: <laughs> and, 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 I, and I like this. You know, I like a lot of these low ABV products. I like a lot of these no ABV V products and they all taste really good when they're mixed with gin. Yeah, it's <laughs> yeah. kind of like you
5: Absolutely. Know, you know, it, it, it's good, but let's make it great. And don't let's forget, mix it with gin. And
2: don't forget, you can still make a low ABV cocktail, even with sure. high A B V products. What I'm saying. That's what I, based on volume. Yeah, exactly. Yeah.
5: And inverted like the original Martinez, sure. like to two ounces of Vermouth to one. I always do overproof gin when I, when I do a Martinez because it's Vermouth heavy and especially if you're using a big Bold like Carpana Intica Vermouth. You want to have something that's going to really cut back into the mix and balance it out. Sure. So
2: this would be great in that too. This juice is delicious. Cheers! And yeah, thank you indeed. Mm. So, how long have you been doing this madness? Oh God, I saw ambassador, it. ambassador. You've um, been ambassador for how long?
3: Since say nineteen ninety eight. <laughs> I know. I'm very old these days. I I mean, I I, I became an international brand ambassador in 2002, and that's Red. when I first came to the US. Mm-hmm. Um, and and it went so well that in 2006, they said, why don't you move there? And I don't know if that's them trying to get rid of me to Probably. the US. brother. But it gave me a great opportunity to come to one of the greatest cities on Earth, New York, and you can never look that gift horse in the mouth. You know, sure. like, I, like, you know, I, I jumped at it and um, spent several years in New York loving this city beyond you know all recognition, so. You know, God bless being a brand ambassador because it gave me an opportunity I would have probably never gotten in other career.
2: Yeah, agreed. Uh, you know, we can look back over everything you've done, and we can see that you've traveled the world, you've met an extensive amount of people, you've, you know, these things enrich your lives just going to places and talking to people. Not to mention then, of course, you were literally enriched by money. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and then you, you know, now you're this brand ambassador of your own brand. But what do you think the sustainability of that is? Are you going you gonna constantly be on the road? Uh, you live in Nashville now, because everybody does. I know. <laughs> it's affordable. That's why, right? <laughs> affordable. Get it? Uh,
3: <laughs> oh, the, the, the puns continue. I oh, love yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> We're
2: genovators around here.
3: I. It, it's funny. I, I, I've been toying with this idea called growing irrelevant gracefully, right? As you get older.
2: Sure. You mentioned that in the email you sent me. And I was like, I want to hear what he's talking about, because I need to maybe uh, subscribe.
3: Well, at, at a point, you... you, you, you got on all of these great experiences and you've done all of this work and you keep doing it because you love it but you know now I have a daughter and being on the road all the time is is you know even though I love it and and I'm addicted to it I'm not gonna lie it's an addiction and I you know it's hard to say no and I want to be at the next country and I love that moment when you walk off a plane and you smell a new air and know and, and then you don't know what to expect when you're there but at the same time you know now I feel that I need to be a responsible parent and someone else should have this opportunity and if I'm sure. able to give it and so you know as I sort of grow irrelevant hopefully gracefully yeah. <laughs> you know like as opposed to be like you know we've all we've all been in the nightclub and we've seen the guy that we think is too old in the nightclub yeah and so you know I, I feel like I want to Give the the opportunity to people coming up from the new uh, generation with, with all of that energy and give them the opportunities that I once had, you know. And if someone's got that energy and wants to see the world and loves gin or cocktails and, 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 and spreading the word like I do, that's, that for me is now something I want to pass on.
2: Where, where exactly is it that I apply? <laughs> is <laughs> there, is there a website or something? <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
5: I kind of started doing that with Grand Army. Uh, At one point, I was like, I can't be behind the bar. First of all, I can't be behind the bar every night because I I physically can't do it. It's impossible to bar manage, bartend every night, and then do all the ownership stuff too, you know? So, like, started scaling back the schedule. And then some people were like, You're never behind the bar. I'm like, Yeah, check out who is behind the bar. They're the up and comers and they're awesome. There's a reason why they're working here, right? You know? i but always they can make you a better drink than i can <laughs> <laughs> and faster and cleaner oh, yeah. Yeah. that's the other thing
3: the younger generations are learning quicker because there's more access to information and education and training and getting better faster and innovating quicker so why not pass things over to them and and watch and learn from people younger than yourselves too you know i mean i i, yeah. I get great joy in that absolutely you know great great Just joy it makes me
2: bitter <laughs> you know, I, I totally get it too and, and i am definitely going back towards the puns with the <laughs> yeah, yeah. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> always always i'm you know i'm gonna i'm gonna adopt this uh this notion of growing irrelevant gracefully I mean, I mean but you're also
5: innovative because you wrote a whole book on yeah. your iphone so yeah that's impressive yeah you know, no we all, we all that.
2: have our talents i got fast thumbs <laughs> <laughs> um, so this isn't you say it's an exclusive we got to taste it first right here live on on on, on air yeah that's that's not even a
3: real bottle that's a, what we call in the in the biz a sample bottle so we um we haven't actually shipped it out of our warehouses yet so yeah that's one of the first bottles i bought it in um in, into town to for you guys to try excellent how long are you Thank in town so till friday and then off to vegas to do a guest bartending shift You know, I I mean, we're at it it, on the record in Las Vegas. It's uh, a, you know, a record club type place. You know, I I, again, I think they've got me working two nights and I have not done two nights in a row in 15 years. (laughs) (laughs) I'm preparing the ice packs for my shoulders right now. (laughs) I hope that only gin and tonics are served. (laughs) I, I.
5: It, it, it would still hurt me to make that many gin and tonics, you know. <laughs> Got to do this and then it. That. Um, well,
2: Ed, that's you, cool. Ed, are you on the bar anymore?
4: No, you know, I never spent. A, a <laughs> lot Am of time I the only one the who works the bar? <laughs> oh, yeah, I think so. I mean, I just always have such a great, amazing team around me at all times. So you know, we work off each other really well. But no, like like Damon was saying, like there's too much paperwork and ownership stuff that you know it occupies a lot of my time.
2: Right, and, uh, you know, uh, I'm sure Simon feels the same way, too, as, as all of us do when you're in that ownership position. Then you start to look around at your teammates, and, and they're no longer your teammates. They're kind of your children. You have to take care of them. Mm-hmm. Sure. So everything I, you know, I'm sure the same for all of you. Everything I do, I do for them, right? I, when I go to San Antonio Cocktail Conference, that's just to raise the bar of awareness for all the bars that I operate. That's just to point people towards coming into the bars. More people come in the bar, more money my team makes. Like, But I still am on the bar, too, so I'm doing double time. I need to there's no Start thinking about backing down
5: yeah there's no specific way that it need. there's no guideline to every single way that everything's gonna run it's all case by case yeah. just like people when customers come in the bar you never know what to expect from them same thing when you open a bar or a restaurant you never know what to expect you can get all the advice in the world from every different direction same with opening a, a spirits company you're never gonna know what to expect you know that's that's what's exciting about it but it's also fucking frightening and once you get into it, you're, like, you're learning the entire time uh, just on your own. But you have to, again, you know, going back to leaning on the community, that's the most important part.
3: I've got, I got to tell you one thing about a lot of brand ambassadors that I, I talk to these days. They say, I'm doing one bar shift. I'm holding down a shift. And I'm like, why are you holding down a shift? I mean, this is a hard job. and It's a lot of hours. And, they, and their response is always, I want to remain relevant. <laughs>
2: yeah, I keep, uh, I keep doing interviews and talks and things like that, and people say, why do you keep doing that? I say, well, I'm doing it for the exposure, and then they say, you know, people die of exposure. <laughs> <laughs> well, I see. Exactly. Journeys in Gin... If you were to do a slow gin, how, where would you procure those? Because that's, that's, what is it? uh, that, the damson plum? Is that what it's called? It's
3: actually a slow berry. Oh, the so, slow berry, yeah. yeah but yeah. it's related to the damson plum, which is, uh, you know, and they taste uh, very similar. They look very similar. The slow's a lot more bitter, so it often requires a lot more sugar. England would be the place. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. a very traditional drink in, in Damson's England. Damson's kind of
5: always, to me, it's always it's been more acidic. So it kind of, it's like a sharper, more slow, damson gin versus slow gin, damson sharper, so it was a little bit rounder and sweeter because of the, the higher sugar content because of the bitterness.
2: I feel like slow gin uh, like let's say even 10 years ago it was kind of everywhere but now it's not so maybe this is the time is right.
3: Yeah and it's it's warm and the slow gin fizz yeah. mm. was the slow comfortable sh- screw made with slow gin? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is that going to have a comeback? I have a slow gin story. <laughs> Everything's so, going to have a comeback. So speaking of
5: brand ambassadorship um, so I've always thought that and, like, the way I've learned from a lot of brand ambassadors is that it's not really about, like, just being there at the bar with a bottle of gin, you know, or being at all the events and doing all the stuff. The, yeah, let's get into that. Um <laughs> I
2: it's about, we had something else around here.
5: <laughs> the way you treat people, it's, it's through, like, kind of thoughtful gestures, you know, like, go to, like... There's one night where I was hanging out with Jan Warren when we worked together, and like we we went by and picked up a pizza and delivered it to the Up and Up late night because we were like it probably wants some food, you know things like that. One day I was at you remember this? I was at Prime Meats, and it was my birthday, yep. and you show up with an bo- old bottle of Red Horse Slow Gin. Yes, that's right. Bottle from like the forties. 50s maybe yeah and because
3: you knew that i was like into bottle and glass and everything that's right yeah had a horse on it so
5: you really know how to read your crowd so uh and i was like i was like man you know you just dropped it off you're like all i want to do is bring this to you say happy birthday i hope you have a good shift and i was like that was the coolest thing in the world (laughs) like this is my guy what a great ambassador how
4: many people have you ever met though? They're that like, "That's Simon Ford." I don't know, man. You know, like, That's true. Have you ever heard He's, anything? Anyone he has a say bunch anything of, negative? No? Yeah,
5: I, I thought about that after a while. I was like, "Yeah, maybe he just has a bunch of old bottles that he needs to recycle <laughs> in his house," and like, he, he just gives them his. Quote, unquote, thoughtful gifts.
2: <laughs> well, he just handed me a bottle. Simon, tell me what you just handed me. I'm going to crack it open and pour some. That is a
3: thoughtful gift. <laughs> yeah, that, that is a very <laughs> thoughtful gift. It's a bottle of, uh, of, of liquid delight that will never get sold. It's actually something we made. For our friends and our friends only. How do we get one? It's yours. <laughs> this is the bottle for the bar. How do this, we get one? This is the this is the gift for the bar. There are there are thirteen hundred and thirty bottles made. We selected an eight year old barrel uh, American whiskey barrel of uh, tequila made by the Vivanco family. Uh, a ten year old. They both had what we thought was still this strong agave flavor fighting through the the oakiness, and we're like, okay, we'll blend those two, and we'll bottle it, and. Um, you know, we did hand-blown glass down there in Mexico, and, uh, and 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 we made it about two years ago. And then we were like, "What are we gonna do with this?" And we decided that the best thing we could do with such a small amount is instead of like sending the armies out and try and sell it, um, let's give it to our friends. And what an
5: amazing gesture!
2: You're peach. Um, and it's it's a gorgeous label, by the way. I'm staring at it. I want to take a picture for Instagram. Go check out our Instagram after the show. Yeah,
3: it's it's so good. The Vivanco family that made this tequila—they've been growing agave since 1922 for five generations. They're up in the highlands. Um, they 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 make very artisanal tequila, and and allowing us into their into their cellars, and you know, and to look at their the, the barrels and taste everything. And the CRT were there looking over our shoulder, making, you know, making notes of how much we were taking and funneling out of barrels, doing this tasting and selecting. I mean, again, if you think about those moments when you can say, I love my job. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's, a that's totally. one of those moments. And, 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 and right now, this moment, being able to share it with you, I love my job. Wow! Well, cheers. cheers
4: to that,
2: you, yeah. guys, you big sweetheart. <laughs>
3: so why did you guys make the decision to
4: only give this to friends rather than uh, produce it? I'm sorry, uh, to market it.
3: The, the the truth is, is the company is, is um, becoming the forged Gin Company. We set out with lots of products. And that was a, um, you know, a, a, a difficult mission for an entrepreneur to try and be in the vodka business and try and be in the tequila business and the Roman business, which are all difficult, yeah. and the gin business. Now, gin was my wheelhouse and my comfort zone because of my past. And that seems to be where we've had our success. So we're sort of edging our way into being the forged gin company and um, and so we make this tequila to really you know sort of be a, a good partner to our tequila that we we currently sell but then we were like if we're not really going to be focusing on it instead of selling it this could be a really nice gesture for the people that have looked after us over the years right. certainly the people that have looked after the products that we might you know fade out slowly. And uh, and to say thank you, thank you. And, uh, you know, in the same time, here we are concentrating on gin by bringing us, uh, bringing out a new gin. And sort of clearly signaling that our future is going to be all about gin and innovation in gin and doing fun cool. things with gin. Outstanding. Innovation. Innovation. <laughs> yeah. So
5: So you, but let me back up a little bit because, like, you started out with Kanye Brava. Yeah which is the three-year Blanco rum, right? Um, then you had, uh, well, you had the Tequila, Cabeza, Cabeza, yep. yep. And then yep. Ellsbury Duck, which is your vodka. Yep. <laughs> vodka pays the bills yep. sometimes. It, it, the duck bills. Yeah, the duck bills. <laughs> We're on a pun. <laughs> um, and then you came out with a, oh. an uh, even more aged Kanye Brava yeah. for a while, right? Which was more of like a kind of limited yeah we made yeah, a, yeah just a, yeah. a
3: small amount of cases yeah so
5: i was just thinking from like a business point of view and like as far as like botanical sourcing and stuff like that just from working with all these different parts of the world and different distilleries and things like that you must have really expanded your the creative mindset as far as being able to innovate new products with gin you know just because of like being in different countries where you're like oh man there's this fruit that i never tried before but you know what the the peel from it would be incredible in a gin, and it would be super cool to have it. It's like some weird, unknown thing that could like <laughs> be part of a selling tool for you. You know what I mean? Course, Southern, yeah. You know? Especially, I mean, right, like, you, you know you, what I am saying, you, Because you, you, you deal to... with bitters, and like, there's all kinds of different stuff. I mean, even when you think about the like, more things you see,
2: the more sparks you that you create. Yeah,
5: and even when you think about like the old like spice trade, and you say like, everything coming from all over the world, and, like even like chartreuse like having like 130 different things that like you're like wait that comes from where how did these monks get that you know but uh over time you you know you find these things and you develop your own like kind of category of like categorical like spirits that come from the different parts of the world and then you're like all right this can go with this place and even if you're like oh i was in spain and and then i was in uh Uruguay, and like there was a spice there, and then one there, and I flew right from there to there, and it's like, oh man, I, right. I just did some mixologizing right there, like <laughs> right. just from getting on a plane from sure. one spot to another. I don't, know, I always find that interesting, you know, yeah, especially like coming from bartending backgrounds, you always like pick stuff up along the way, you know, just in the same way that. Uh, you know, especially like collecting rum. I mean, when you're into rum, you become a collector, right? It's a rabbit yeah. hole, man. When you're a tiki, <clears throat> when you're into tiki, you become a collector of rum. Yeah, it's almost from stop all it. over the world because it comes, it can come from anywhere in the world. And right. then when you find it, you grab it, and then it's something that is with you and it's part of your canon of of, of knowledge. And that Venn
4: diagram of like tiki and rum, yeah, it can get quite expensive. <laughs> yeah, yeah <laughs> like, totally. You've got all the paraphernalia and all the bottles and the, totally. the unicorn bottles. And yeah, it's...
3: I, I, I said this to Ed when I saw him last week uh, in his town. I said, uh, you know, t- t- Tiki fans. I you know. They're the Dungeons and Dragons fans of, 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 of the foos <laughs> <The> world. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we Good completely that. are. That's totally accurate. I almost just right. did a spit-take on this microphone. <laughs> um they turn up with their shirts you know they have their <laughs> uniform and you yeah know, we like, got it, we've got a rum uniform <laughs> that's right
0: <laughs> simon
2: where are you you're going from here to vegas are you on the road for a bit or are you going back to nashville after that or uh,
3: from vegas i'm going to uh ukiah which is where we have oh. our warehouses and we do bottling at char bay close.
5: pretty close to where where i live out there yeah
3: maybe i'll meet you in san francisco i was thinking yeah. i'll come into san francisco and leave and uh we're, we're we're finishing off the bottling of the Officer's Reserve, uh, so we're doing that for three days, and then uh, and then back to Nashville.
2: Limited release, uh, Officer's Reserve uh, finished three weeks in 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 Amantialo, Sherry the yeah. other Sherry cast. Um, Will it be distributed wherever you are?
3: Yes, it's going to be all over the U.S. and any country that we are currently sending. But
2: not a lot for anybody.
3: Not a lot. It's 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 a, a so snap it up if you see it. Yeah, get a bottle and, and enjoy it.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Enjoy it, yes, this is I, not is <laughs> not for collecting this is not a museum, this is for drinking. <laughs> this tequila, by the way, is fucking delicious yeah it yeah. tastes like everything I want in a tequila right now. a so full
4: transparency yeah. I did to try this this last week <laughs> and um, absolutely yeah. so we took it over uh, to the inferno room and, and had, had it's it so good, glasses. it's so dark it's and
2: caramely, and yeah but it still like but it still, like still retains coffee, yeah it like like still like retains that sort of grassy
5: mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Coffee yeah. for sure, and I don't drink coffee, so I'm really digging this. Yeah, I mean, oh I love coffee, but I can't have it. Can't
4: it's have like a, and there's like eucalyptus coming through there in the back. Yeah.
3: You know, the, 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 this was a purely a passion project, yeah. and, and, and 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 you know, almost freedom in business for me will be the moment when I can do more passion projects because sure. that is the, the, the true fun that you can have if your business is going, yeah, going well. Simon, so,
5: mean, just out of curiosity, how many. So it's 86 company turning the forged gin company, transitioning into forged gin company, that is. How many states in the United States are you distributed in at this point?
3: It's about 30, so it's not okay. everywhere yet. You know, okay. uh, and mo- most of our business is concentrated around Texas, Illinois, New York, New York and California. Okay. Yeah. Um, and how many countries? Uh, that that's where the the fun is I mean, we don't sell a lot outside of the US but we go into those places and it's the the, the three or four bars that you want to visit are the ones that have ordered it and oh, it's perfect. really nice right so we're about 15 countries I mean last year I got back from um, China and that was a new launch so and that was, was sort of an incredible thing to see because I went to a Wait, city- did you
2: do that with, with Louder? Yes Yeah. Yeah.
3: <laughs> yeah. Chris, Chris, Chris took me around and we, you know we did a couple of best. guest bartending yeah. shifts together you know you know, you know, I, I he made what, most of the drinks. He made most of the drinks. <laughs> I went out with the bartenders afterwards. He got up for a jog. We met for breakfast. <laughs> Perfect. I can't, I can't wait till he gets Rick's old. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait till yeah. that kid is old. <laughs> <laughs> But it was, it, that was a lot of fun and, 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 and China was a fascinating place because it's emerging as a, as a, a market for our industry yeah. like it had never been before. So it's all brand new and it's all exciting and it's shiny. And there's this city that Chris took me to called Shenzhen and it 30 years ago was 30,000 people and now it's 30 million people. Yeah, it's insane. Looks like, wow. It looks like Blade Runner and they're opening up bars every other day. And so, of course, there's a real uh, need for education in spirits and so, of course, people like Chris are out there doing that and watching what they do and watching it emerge the, as quickly as it is. is, I'm like, wow. You know, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's almost like the kids were learning everything. It took me 20 years to learn in like, one afternoon on the internet. Yeah. It's kind of like... Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. it's a, it, it, that's what it is like, it's you like know, watching... It's learning.
2: Uh, well, this has been a great show. Yeah, thanks, Simon, for fun. being on with us. Thanks, Ed, for sitting in and, and chiming in when you can. Um, well, what a great time we've had uh, talking to you about your life as an ambassador, creating that role really in the United States. Um, your time with Ford's Gin. Uh, thanks for bringing us this beautiful, sexy, amazing bottle of tequila. Bottle. I think that's going to go away fast. Um, as I stared at it longingly, All right. don't, don't. you are longingly staring at that bar. We're going to have to hide yes.
5: that one in the back of the bar back here, so yeah. like, so no one taps into it too much. That right. one's got a. This is such a great, like. It's a very, very special thing to. I just plus I feel special out. that he gave it to us. He yeah, said he I only know, gives it I'm to saying. his friends. Exactly. I love you guys. I, there's, there's no two ways about so it. So I just want to slowly get through this bottle, okay? Like I think this is how we start every one of our shows from now on. But right on. Before we go on the air, we have a little. Nip okay. Of this. I like right.
2: it till it's gone. So that'd be what a month. Yeah. Exactly. Um, <laughs> right. uh, one last question I want to ask you: Am I, Are we going to see you down in, in New Orleans at tails this year? You are. Yeah. Absolutely. Outstanding. Yeah. Cool. Ooh.
3: I enjoyed it last year it was quite
2: man exciting. I think last year was my best year yeah like things uh, were yeah. really clicking everyone yeah. was just jazzed to be there the yeah. environment was great I loved that whole thing they had set up over at the athletic club uh-huh. which is a beautiful facility anyway you know yeah. I used to live down there
3: and, and it was a beautiful commemorative moment for, for John as well and I, oh man I felt like that, that huge they stepped up and did something special for someone that everyone in this industry loves so much, you Indeed. know, a larger than life yeah. character that you know, obviously we all saw the still mess. That presentation yeah. at the
5: awards was it was a it was a Yeah. Yeah. Big time. I'm actually
3: getting emotional talking about it right
2: now. Yeah, yeah, I yeah, know, yeah. me
5: too. Yeah. Well,
3: that's a good thing. We're yeah. almost <laughs> off
5: the <laughs> yeah, air. Yeah,
2: a bunch of softies. <laughs> um yeah. all right. Well, uh, really great to have you guys in the studio. Thanks so much, and uh, I don't know, tune in next time for the next yeah. great episode of the Speakeasy here on Heritage Radio Network. Absolutely.
5: Cheers, y'all. Cheers, cheers, cheers
4: gonna
2: Want more of the Speakeasy? Follow us and ask questions on Instagram at Speakeasy Podcast or on Twitter at Speakeasy Radio. You can find Damon at Damon Bolte and you can find me at Creative Drunk on all platforms. Take a moment to write us a review on Apple Podcasts or your favorite platform and give us a star rating, five if possible. If you're visiting New York City or a resident, stop by the studio and hang out with us during an episode. Reach out beforehand and make sure we'll be here. We'd love to see you. And please support our show by visiting HeritageRadioNetwork.org and clicking on the Beating Heart to donate.